You're listening to Amplify Ambition. I'm Kristen Edwards, leadership consultant and your guide to implementing custom strategies based on your personality type. This is the podcast where you get to evaluate your personal and professional growth and create your best life by growing a business that works for you. Let's dive in because your next level of success is within reach once you decide to dream loudly. Welcome back to another episode of Amplify Ambition. I have been geeking out on phenomenal people on Instagram and this upcoming guest, let me tell you that like just yes to all of it in every single way. She is a team dynamics consultant, empowering entrepreneurs to build high performing teams and scale their businesses. And obviously the best part is to reclaim their zone of genius. So I am super, super excited to welcome Tiana Tai to the show. Hello. Hello. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So before we dive into what you do, in case people don't really know about team dynamics, mm-hmm. um, I started out as a multi-passionate coach. And so I want to know what is that thing that you are very passionate about, absolutely love, but we don't necessarily see it in your brand as a team dynamics consultant. Very interesting because, and I will tell you like those who encounter my Instagram starting like now you may see a little bit of a shift, but historically something that a lot of people just did not know about me because I don't share it that much is honestly, I'm very um, like 2021 version of homemaker. I do love baking. I'm trying to learn how to make bread from scratch. I want to start my own garden in my backyard, even though my backyard is like 200 square feet. I'm like, we're doing it. Um, All of the things, all of the very homemaker-esque things. And I'm actually currently expecting my first. So I say that if you're just now encountering me, you may start to see a shift because honestly, I already know myself and I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to be really obsessed with this kid. So we're going to have to incorporate this into the branding. So it's not currently a part of the brand story, but I anticipate that it will be. (laughs) Well, congratulations. I hope it's a very healthy and safe pregnancy delivery, all those things, but thank you. Being a little Susie homemaker on top of it, like why not? And I think that's something that, you know, especially probably at the time, like we were coming up in our professional career, it was like you were work or home and God forbid Mm -hmm. you ever tried to be both. So I love that you are looking and making the effort to marry the two parts of who you truly are, um, not just in your own life, but on social media too. Oh yeah. And let me tell you, that's why working from home is a one ideal. Absolutely. (laughs) It's a life I never imagined, but like, I don't think I could ever go back to it. No, nine to five I'm here in the for office it. all day. <laughs> Ooh, and look, so I do corporate consulting. I do. I work primarily with entrepreneurs these days, but I still have my foot in corporate and all of that. So I'll put the suit on and go to the big b- building lately. No, because we all know what the last few years have been like. But nothing beats having my own company, working online, managing people virtually. Like this is the name of the game for me. So I'm really happy that I found it when I did. And doing it in leggings is an absolute plus too. Let me tell you, let me tell (laughs) you. Awesome. So I want to dive in because again, I mean, hopefully my my HR listeners are all like, okay, I've heard of team dynamics. We bring in Mm -hmm. those consultants all the time, but what is a team dynamics consultant and how did you even get started in this line of work as well? Ooh, very good question. So I always, it's funny because I'm multi-passionate in my own lane. So it's like, 
I'm always, I'm a team dynamics consultant. I'm also a leadership coach. I'm also this, I'm also that. So it gets kind of wonky there. But what I will say, like the majority of my work really is in relation to teams, particularly in the online virtual space. So again, y'all know over the last few years, even if you're primarily in corporate, the amount of virtual work that everybody has encountered has gone up a hundred and thousand, a hundred thousand percent. Like it's just gone up tenfold, right? And so I was really lucky because I had found that interest early on before all the mess hit the fan. Um, I actually ended up specializing in virtual leadership back in graduate school when I was pursuing my degree in industrial organizational psychology. Um, so when I kind of dug my toes into virtual leadership and how it is, it's much the same type of work, managing, leading people, keeping people motivated. It's also very different because when you don't have that, that more casual, uh, human interaction that we just naturally have when we're in person, you have to be a lot more intentional about the way, like you're curating, empowering places to work and the way that you're leading and managing so on and so forth. So my work as a team dynamics consultant in a nutshell, has really been to come into these kind of like startup energy entrepreneur like uh, communities and really teach them how to fully leverage their team. So we touch on all the topic areas that I know HR loves. It's probably close to y'all's heart, but like we do touch personality. We also touch systems and operation. We also talk about things like, um, you know, uh, having rules of engagement and really great operating systems and really streamlining our swim lanes and the way that we work together and the way that we collaborate and making sure the right butts are in the right seats. It goes on and on and on. But um, in a nutshell, I take a really holistic perspective to all things teamwork and leadership. I just have found that my expertise that traditionally exists in corporate, you never really saw an IO psychologist in entrepreneurship. Um, I've just taken all of that corporate expertise and learned to translate it and apply it for these younger businesses. And it's been really, really exciting. I, I mean, like I said at the beginning, just geeking out all uh -huh. the things about what it is that you do. And I think it's so important that we're bringing this in to the online space. Like it's great to set your own hours and be your own boss, but let's be honest, not everyone's meant to be an entrepreneur. And we definitely have a world of entrepreneurs, those people that are supporting your business and whether they are contractors in your business or you fully employ them, recognizing that without a team, you're not scaling to the millions and billions and whatever your financial goals are um, in your in the work that you're doing. You want to have greater global impact that comes with having people surrounding you and making that vision become a reality. And so I love that you started this before it was a trend. That's always great <laughs> to hear, but recognizing that that virtual team is just as important to focus on the collaboration and the cohesiveness just the same way as we used to have it in that typical office setting. So again, still geeking out and loving all the things that you do. Um, and, you know, the fact that you were able to kind of conveniently shift and I'm guessing your business kind of blew up a little bit for you as we all went virtual. So hopefully that was good things for you, but recognizing the value of developing and working together with your team just as much as if you were the manager in some nine to five or whatever industry you kind of came from previously. Um, so I'm curious, what are some of the things that you help teams to establish? What are things that you kind of, you know, every single team, no matter 
who you're working with, corporate, entrepreneurial, you're always kind of sharing these guidelines or foundational things to put in place? Oh, interesting question. I mean, and it really depends on where the team is at, right? So for those who are like super into teaming and stuff like that, you've probably heard of, um, you know, the, the stages of development for a team. So the forming, the storming, the norming, the performing, and then the adjourning, which we don't see super often. But I do find that that's a really great way to kind of anchor your thinking around how I can come in and support, because the reality is that a lot of people miss is we don't go through that process of team development once. Like it's not the phases of team development, you go through them and then you're done. We go through it over and over and over again. Hire a new team member, y'all are probably storming again. Uh, Switch out the leadership, y'all are probably storming again, right? So oftentimes we find that it's a lot more cyclical than people think. So some of the upfront work we do, for example, with my entrepreneurs, my startup community, typically when I come in, um, you know, they can work with me to hire. So like I have course program material about hiring and whatnot to where they can learn a strategic hiring process. But if they're bringing me in as a consultant, a lot of times they have the team members in place. Yes, they're looking to expand and grow and really deepen the impact they're able to make. However, they're noticing that things are not running as smoothly as they anticipated, right? So a lot of us know or have been on teams or have done this before where you hire and you think, okay, I'm doing this. I'm building the team. I'm going to get the help I need. I'm tired of wearing all these dang on hats. Like I need these fires put out. I need some of the weight lifted off of my shoulders. And then what ends up inevitably happening is they find out, wait a second, this is really hard. Hold on. Why did, why did everybody make this sound like I'm going to hire and then I'm going to work four hour days and live this beautiful life and just be a millionaire when the reality is now my team members are looking at me for training. They're looking at me like, wait, where are the SOPs for this? How am I supposed to do that? And you just become almost this bottleneck in your own business where your intention was to get out of the weeds and now you're just in a different field full of different weeds. And you're just, it's just a very confusing place to be. And I find that that's where I typically get brought in. (laughs) Yeah, and I think, I love that you just said that. It's, you're trying to get out of the weeds, you end up in a different field of weeds. And so Mm -hmm. um, the, if you've never been a manager before, you know, you don't want to micromanage, but then you can't give too much autonomy either. Um, I think the one that I've seen most, so I work with entrepreneurs that are kind of moving from that solopreneur to starting to build their team. And a lot of times they're so excited to hire a VA and having a professional recruiting background. I'm like, well, where's the job description? And they're like, I'll figure it out. And I'm like, so you're going to hire someone, but you don't know what that person's going to do. And then you're going to get mad when they don't do anything. Like, let's talk about this for a second. And so, you know, that's the small things, job descriptions. And don't just Google one in case anyone is (laughs) listening to this. Like, yes, there are other job descriptions out there, but every single job description should be customized. Even if it's the fourth time you're hiring this particular team, update your job description. But side note, um, as you start to scale your team, maybe you have three or four administrative people, whether you call it VA, OBM, project manager, whatever, how do you get them all on the same page? If you start scaling to a team of 10 to 15, Mm -hmm. um, marketing, all the different roles that they might play, is there something that you do specifically in bringing those teams 
back together so they're not always working in their silos. Oh my goodness, retreats. Retreats, 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 retreats. Yes, 110%. Now I know some people are going to like roll their eyes because they're like, ma'am, these company-wide retreats are not the move. Um, we do retreats differently, first of all. So don't knock it before you try it. <laughs> Second of all, when I talk about retreats, I am using the word very agnostically. So I want to be clear. You can have a retreat after a huge launch to celebrate a success. You can have a strategic planning retreat sometime in the next, you know, before Q4 wraps up to go ahead and prep your team for 2022 before everyone fully dis disengages before the holiday season, right? There are lots of different reasons to have a retreat. But the reason that I bring this up in response to your question is because when I find that, you know, we've scaled, we've continued to build on this team. Now we're, like you said, we're above the three people mark where things are pretty much just running smooth. We have some kinks, but we can work it out because we're pretty small. Now we're at 10, 15 people and there's a lot of swim lanes and a lot of competing swim lanes and a lot of missteps, miscommunications. How are things still being dropped when we have this much manpower, so on and so forth. And so the quickest way to really tackle that is get everybody in the same daggone room. I know that that's a big call to action because the majority of my clients <laughs> work primarily online and virtually. Many of my teams, all of the team members had never collectively met each other before we started working together. Like that's just a reality. And so I would say, even if you have to do something like this virtually, where it's like, okay, we're gonna do a retreat week where we split this into three hours a day over the course of the week versus doing an in-person meeting where we do two full working days. I don't care how you have to do it, but get everyone in the same room. And now we're talking about figuring out what are those rules of engagement? How do we communicate as a team? What are each of our roles? Is there overlap? We need to make those decisions and really clear up those swim lanes. Like. I could nerd out and go on and on and on, but that is where the work gets done. And you can't do that without bringing everyone together in some way or fashion. Okay. So this is where I'm going to make it about me for a second. Okay. Um, and I, heard you, <laughs> I heard you say that, you know, obviously with these teams, the team dynamics, it comes down to a lot of personalities. And so mm -hmm. I don't know your age, but I'm guessing you probably also came up in a time where cultural fit was the term. And now we're talking mm -hmm. about cultural ad. And I literally had a conversation yesterday about how do they contribute to the culture and stop saying fit and why I want you to stop saying cultural fit. And that was with a corporate client. But I think it's something that we have to recognize in the online and that entrepreneurial space as well. So how do you talk about personalities and them coming together? Um, and most of my listeners know I use the Enneagram in my leadership consulting. Yes. So they're familiar with the Enneagram, but like whichever one you want, I think they're all great. So I'm curious to how you use it. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. So exciting. Um, one thing I want to say about the whole cultural fit thing, I 100% agree. I actually tend to lean on the term cultural alignment, um, which I think has the same energy as cultural ad, right? Where it's the, oh, my goodness, I could go on and on. This is the most frustrating thing in the world to me is when I see people, this is something that goes rampant in the online space. When they say, I just want to hire someone just like me. I just want to duplicate me. I'm like, why? Why nothing's gonna so that you can so that you can have the same gaps, so that you can miss the same things, so that you can have the same blind spots. I'm confused. Why would you want someone just like you? I'm not saying they shouldn't compliment you. 
they shouldn't be in alignment. They shouldn't add something to the party. But if they are just like you, all you're doing is doubling the output maybe that you bring to the table, but you're still missing all the same stuff. You know what I'm saying? You're not bringing any new flavor. Oh, that irks me to no end. (laughs) I just had to put that out there. (laughs) No, I literally say like, you know, every, so I'm an Enneagram type eight. So I literally say every eight needs a five on their team. End of discussion, point blank, like sevens and eights. We have a lot of vision. We have a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. up here. And sometimes we forget to write it down. Like we can make it happen, but you know, SOPs, like I don't write them. I know the value of them. I'm not saying they don't exist in my business. Mm -hmm. Nobody tried to twist that on me, but you literally tell me to write my SOPs. I like panic, but you know, I got a five. (laughs) My admin is a type five and literally like, she's like, okay, what do we need to write down? What, what's the process here? And I'll talk it and she'll write it. And we've had that dynamic and she knows to push back on me. So do you know what my Enneagram is? Ooh, I could make an assumption. Do you want to type me? Type me. It'll be funny. I think you're going to be a three. Mm, Interesting. Mm -mm. Okay. Then I'm going to say seven. You're a five. five. Okay. (laughs) Tried and true. hundred percent. Let me explain. Oh, I'm listening. (laughs) Oh, cause fives we have, we have something special about us, but I think one of the, I I actually attribute this a lot to like that whole conversation about introversion and extroversion, how introverts often get um, kind of mislabeled as being like socially awkward, which some introverts are socially awkward, like don't get me wrong. However, it's more so a fact of we get our energy from solitude. You can be an introvert and still shine in a room. You know what I mean? You're just going to be really freaking exhausted afterwards. That's me. I'm an me introvert, too. but I'm I, I'll, introvert. yeah, because I'll get up on that stage. I'll be, hey, I'll ask a question. Everybody will know my name by the end of it. And then I'm at home by myself for at least 72 hours, if not two weeks. Okay. <laughs> two weeks. You need that recovery time. That's what matters. You need it. Like, give me you my audio book and go away. <laughs> <laughs> but I bring that up with fives because. I find like, you know, we're, especially at our unhealthiest, we're known to be like the hermits, the book people, the, the very intellectual, like I can write a real good SOP that does not scare me. I will lose myself just writing SOPs all day. However, because things like this, like you can see me be very like out there and vibrant and stuff. It's because I'm existing in my zone of genius. And you know, a five, when they're in their thing, when they're in whatever they geek out about, we can be those animated people. And we're just and like, show yes, up like let's eights go in. in the world. Absolutely. Show up like eights in the world. So that's what I wanted to bring up. But um, yeah, I'm a type five. My team member, who's my associate consultant, she's a type three. And that's a really fun pairing, actually. I get along with eights and threes really well, by the way. But it's a really fun pairing uh, having a three as a team member because because it's like because of her achievement orientation or something like that like she's just a lot better at also holding me to deadlines which I think is fun I find myself I get really lost in the research and in the ideation and in the that's to me like that's the fun stuff you know what I'm saying and she's like oh but Tiana Friday and I'm like yes (laughs) ma'am And so, yeah, I fully pay my own team members to hold me accountable because I will go in my case. (laughs) Yes, like you need someone to balance you. And I mean, we could go down another rabbit hole on that. But even if you can't hire someone who's willing to check you 
and oh. that you will allow them to check you. And I'm using mm-hmm. extreme word, it's accountability, but like you need a check team me. that's going to check you as the manager, the yep. CEO, the whatever you call yourself just as much in order to find the success that you want. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And them checking you, that's something I have found just in my own work and in working with my clients. I always encourage my clients, build that muscle early. Like, however you best receive the feedback, make sure to communicate that clearly, of course, but give them permission to do it early before they're fully comfortable doing it. Because I have seen too many times, especially if, you know, for the smaller businesses, it's like we tend to have these personas online. And so people become quote unquote fans and whatnot. And so if you end up hiring from within your own network, there's a big possibility. I see it all the time in this space. Um, it's, it's not like you're hiring a fan, but you're hiring someone who really admires and looks up to you, which is a great place to be. However, if you don't build that, you have permission to check me muscle, they become yes people very quickly. And that is not a good place to be as a business owner. Absolutely. Totally, totally agree. Um, And I think that's, again, finding that team member who's going to balance your personality, who's going to fill in the gaps of these are my strengths, which also means these are my weaknesses, areas of opportunity. You can put whatever fluffy word you want (laughs) on it. However, if you're not good at it, hire the person (laughs) who is good at it and is willing to hold you to a deadline if that's what you need or literally just tell you, I'm a talker. I'm an introvert, but I'm a talker. And my team will be like, Kristen, shut up. Tell us what we need to do so we can get off this call. And I'm like, yeah, that, okay. (laughs) One, two, three, here we go. Let's keep it concise and do that. But recognizing and having that balance um, and they're respectful and also recognize there's a difference between respectfully putting someone where they need to be and being rude about it. And I'm not saying any rudeness and disrespect is allowed, but putting that in place. And I like that you said doing it at the beginning before they get comfortable, before it's too late to change that and saying like, I hired you and this is one of the things. And maybe you literally put it in the job description of like, Mm -hmm. I expect you to give honest and open feedback. You don't have to say it, but you know, whatever that looks like. And you know what, this just brought something to mind because I thought back to like this client that I worked with some time back and the part about doing it, not, it's never too late. Like that's a little bit harsh of a phrasing to use. However, it becomes immensely more difficult once those behavioral patterns have been built. Right. And so you asked me about the team retreats earlier and the type of work that we actually do in real time with teams. And I will tell you like, for the teams who have solidified those behavioral patterns of people being yes men or not contributing ideas, not speaking up. And then their bosses come to me, the CEOs like that. Typically that's the person that comes to me. Right. But the CEO comes to me and they're just like, I don't understand why I'm spending all of this money with these team members who all they do is, you know, complete the task out of our project management system and then clock out for the day. And so then we have to do diagnostics and we have to do one-on-one interviews confidential so that I can understand what's actually going on behind the scenes here. Like I see y'all got the processes, y'all got the SOPs, all that is fine, but what's actually happening. And in those like diagnostics and one-on-one conversations, that's when I'm learning things like, well, that one time they tried to check them, it wasn't received well. 
And so this happened. And so this was a consequence. And so now when we come into a retreat environment, they need a third party facilitator to help them work through it because it's not therapy y'all, but at the same time, let's keep it real. We're human beings. And some of this stuff gets a little touch and go. We're like, eh, I'm uncomfortable having this conversation right now. And because of that, that third party perspective tends to be really valuable when it gets too far gone where it's like, Ooh, I can't just be like, Hey, tell me how you feel. They're like, I tried that a year ago and I got burned. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I like that you said that it, it is never too late, but if you can build that muscle at the beginning, a lot easier than trying to reshape or unlearn certain things um, and fix your team dynamics. I put that in air quotes when I said yeah. it, but there's always improvement. And I think even if you have a solid team, this is a complete detour from where I was originally going. But even if you have a great team who gets everything done and you guys have whatever crazy launch goals that you want, six-figure launches and that kind of thing, you still need retreats. You still need to reset. You still have things that can be improved upon. So it might not be communication, but there's other things um, that can be improved and included. And maybe that's the language and how you connect to your audience, you know, they're only going to buy from you so many times, which is a great thing that they come back, but also recognizing, do we have that next level in store for our clients as well? So always coming back to your team, I think listening to their ideas is also important. So that was a lot of different tangents in one, but. um, Good though, so good. (laughs) One last thing I want to talk about, um, I know you do like executive VIP days and that kind of thing, really just Mm -hmm. sitting down with the leader, the CEO of a particular team. So I want you to share a little bit about what you do inside the, those groups to help them with their overall team dynamics. Oh, really good question. So what I find with the VIP days, and for those of you who aren't familiar, it's literally just like full on, full in, full day session where it's me, typically the CEO and founder and or like their second in command is typically how we work it out. And we use a lot of those sessions for more so of that, like it's foundational work, but in entrepreneurship, the reality is when you're a founder CEO, you know what this is, you have to be scrappy. Okay. And so typically the first year, if not first two or three years, you're very focused on your clients. You're very focused on working. What's the phrase on your business rather than in your business or vice versa, either which way, you know what I'm saying, but we tend to be very externally focused. And so, although by that time, by the time people come to me for a VIP day, they may have one or two team members or whatnot, but they're realizing, whoa, I have, you know, I have the ability to service this many clients. I don't have the infrastructure to do this. I need to figure out what my organizational structure needs to look like. I need to figure out who I need to hire in which order, like what makes the most sense based on what's coming down the pipeline for me in the next year, so on and so forth to get to that stuff. But then because we got a full day and your girl works pretty fast, uh, we tend to take it a step further. So we also go into all right, if I'm going to hire all these people over the next year or two years, what does onboarding look like? Mm -hmm. What types of trainings do I need to prepare in advance? Whoa, we're preparing training in advance. Yes, yes, we are. (laughs) So we, we actually go through, it's a lot of strategic thinking around just what is happening in this company from a operational team perspective. And so we get a lot of those plans in place so that the CEOs aren't so overwhelmed 
with just, well, I know I need to do this, but I don't know how to approach it. It's like, no, no, no. We can spend one day and we can have a plan for a year. Like, are you ready? Let's go. And so that's kind of in a nutshell, the types of things we talk about. I love that. I think that's one thing that and this is me judging the online space, but I'm just going to do it. Go you know, for we it. Talk so, we talk so much about hiring your team, growing your team, because obviously as you grow your team, you are able to grow your impact, make more money. All mm-hmm. those goals are great. And I agree with it. But hiring is not the same as onboarding, is not the same as continuous training and development. And so I love that you are like, let's talk about this while you're still small um, <laughs> before you have like, please. people. Please come do a VIP day or you're going to pay me triple to come fix things in two years. I'm telling you, pay me a dollar now or pay me a million in two years. I'm telling y'all stop playing. It's so true though. (laughs) So I'm so glad that you are, you are doing it. Cause I think we're seeing a lot of the hiring conversations happening now in the entrepreneurial space and that's great, but hiring is not the same as onboarding. And fun fact, I think you should not do personality assessments with hiring. I think you should do it with onboarding, but that's a whole nother podcast. Um, We're going to have to do a part two. We'll do a part two. Sounds good. I'm like, um, I'm like, have you read the sales pitch for Dream Hire Bootcamp? I think we're so. Do I need to because, scroll? Let's scroll. You, you know me. You already know my spirit. Yes. Yes. Um, but then that continuous training and development, talking about those team dynamics as someone new comes in, as someone leaves honestly, even if your team stays together, which retention is phenomenal, but you're all individually, your lives are changing and you're growing as individuals, as humans. Mm -hmm. And so making sure you're working through all of that so that your business can continue to go up in the revenue and not down in the revenue um, as well. So I'm so grateful that you took some time out to have this conversation, to give people the opportunity to come and pay you as well. So I know you have a couple free resources if you want to share, um, whether all of them are a particular one, go ahead and do that. And also what's the best place for people to find you so that they can pay you the dollar now and not the million later? Look, okay. So great question. Uh, place to find me. Let's start there. I hang out primarily on Instagram and or LinkedIn. Both are simply my name. So it's Tiana Ty, and I'm sure we can pop that in the show notes for y'all. And then there are a couple of freebies. So I'll give you two. If you are in the process of thinking through expanding your own company and you want to just like get some initial thinking done around what's the next role you should hire for and what the heck would you actually be delegating to this person? You can go to tianatai.com slash delegate and there's a free resource for you there. And then if you just want more conversations around this stuff, uh, your hostess and I are basically like twin flames. We're, I told her, I said, HR, you my cousin in them. So we also talk about a lot of the same topic matter, which you would probably find really valuable over on TyPod, which is our podcast. So that's just T-Y-E-P-O-D, clean and easy. And you can find us pretty much anywhere you listen to a podcast. Awesome. I will drop all of that in the show notes. Um, I did listen to your podcast before I reached out to you. So like please yes Um, (laughs) uh, but I'm so glad that you were able to join I hope people like bookmark I can't really bookmark a podcast but bookmark the link to this podcast because you're definitely going to need it the next time that you're thinking about hiring or having a retreat or just making sure that you're ready for that next level of success in your business so Tiana thank you so much for hanging out today oh thank you so much for having me Are you searching for a simple way to create your best life? 
I love to guide women business owners in becoming confident and effective leaders so they can create their best life. So I'm inviting you to book me as a speaker for your program or next event, or apply to work with me directly when you click the link in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to share it on Instagram or your favorite social media platform and tag me at Coach Keds. Even go the extra mile and rate this podcast too. Thanks for listening to Amplify Ambition. Until next time, dream loudly.